Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of 202 Sports with Matt. Um, my name is Matt Benizia. I am the host of this newly started podcast. And if I'm being honest, you know, I didn't really ever know that I was going to be getting into podcasts. It was never really something that I had too much of an interest in doing. Um, and if you know me, I'm just, you know, crazy into sports and, and I like tweeting about sports and just being involved with sports and just having another way for people to listen to what I have to say is kind of the whole drive for why I wanted to start this. And uh, I feel like I could talk sports all day, especially Washington related sports. So I figured why not? And a lot of people over at ASU and the Cronkite School have made podcasts of their own and I've seen the success that they've come with it and really just how fun they are. Um, so it kind of was something that I was like, hey, let's, let's try it out. Let's see you know, how far I want to take it and see what we can make of it. Um, so yeah, basically just gonna kind of just talk DC sports and um, just talk about you know, whatever's going on, big moments, big things going on. Um, if I'm being honest, you know, I, I love you know, the Washington football team I'm big in the Capitals, the Nationals. You know, I watch enough basketball, not too crazy, but you know, the, the Wizards have done a lot of great stuff this off season. There would definitely be stuff that we want to talk about, Russell Westbrook and all that and the things going for them. So probably just, you know, those those four sports right there is where we're gonna really rotate between and just whatever I'm feeling, whatever, you know, whatever's going on in the moment of the time I'm recording and um, we'll see, you know, what this turns into. Um, I got this idea from uh, Sam Stern and Tyler Conrad of Heating Up. That's their podcast. It's um, a great podcast. They just started it up. I recommend it. It's on all platforms. They go over the NBA and talk everything NBA episodes all the time. Um, and actually, I want to shout out Tyler for uh, the logo, the logo for 202 Matt Sports or uh, Sports with Matt. See, I already messed up. We're still getting used to this. Um, it's a great logo. It's a great, cool little logo. And I know the locals, the people that I know from Virginia, DC, Maryland, that kind of area, they'll know what 202 is. That's the area code of uh, Washington, DC and kind of that um, general area. But for the people listening over in Arizona and from wherever, um, that's why we have 202 in there and um, on that. So um, I just wanted to thank those guys for really kind of inspiring, you know, the idea. And I'm excited to you know, see what we can make work of this. So uh, today, you know, in this podcast episode, I want to talk about the Washington football team. I want to talk about, you know, what we have and expect to see Saturday night when they host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC wild card. The super wild card is what they call it now with um, an additional wild card spot being given to uh, the NFC and AFC now. Uh, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about kind of how we got to that point in quick summary. If I had started from the beginning of the season, it'd be something you would take week by week. Um, obviously, we're, I started this kind of late. Um, for baseball and hockey, though, we'll be right from the beginning and be able to go step by step uh, in more detail. But today, just, you know, a quick little summary, kind of my thoughts, what we should expect to see, what we've seen this season, and what that'll, you know, lead us to see, I think. Um, on Saturday uh, at FedEx Field. So, um, I mean, this whole year has just been so crazy with COVID and 
and the, the question of if we even are going to be able to play. Uh, the NFL did a fantastic job making sure that, you know, with the COVID protocols and what to expect, some teams have had to shut down. But other than, you know, a couple of reschedules, I mean, every team got to play 16 regular season games. And from the onlook, you know, it didn't look like we were going to be able to get to that point. That's a great job by the NFL. The teams, for the most part, and uh, the players for staying, you know, honest to those rules and regulations and all that, um, I know you're thinking there's a certain Washington player that didn't really do a good job of that. We'll get to that uh, here in a second. Um, but really, I mean, coming into the season, right, Ron Rivera is going to take over a pretty weird and, and rough culture situation here in Washington where the Washington football team's coming off a year when before they were the Redskins. They were 3-13. and 13. And just a lot of, of mess, you know, before that, Alex Smith, who looked to be a consistent, stable quarterback since Kirk Cousins, he goes down at the awful injury that he comes back from, but no real, at the, on, at the beginning of the season, no real look at who the quarterback was going to be, other than Dwayne Haskins, who still, from the beginning, we were hoping he was going to take the step and be the guy. Um, we all know the answer to that now. Um, but Dwayne was the starting quarterback from the beginning, and Terry McLaurin's coming off a fantastic rookie year. Uh, we drafted Antonio Gibson in the third round, so the, the offense, you know, there's some, some bright spots that were going to be coming. Uh, but the main story of it all was the defense. And the defense, we knew, just drafting those first-rounders starting in 2015 with Jonathan Allen and then bringing in Deron Payne. And then, you know, you have Kerrigan over there on the right side. And then now, all of a sudden, a generational talent named Chase Young is available to be picked. And again, it's like, hey, got number two overall, you know, do you... Do you try and build other pieces? Can you pass up on Chase Young? And ultimately, we know the answer that, you know, Washington selects Chase Young. Looking now, you know, 17 weeks later, fantastic decision. The guy's have an amazing, I mean, he had an amazing rookie year. You know, seven sacks, uh, the highest PFF graded rookie in the NFL. Well on his way to winning defensive rookie of the year. Uh, that's just my opinion, biased or not. But really, statistically, he has just been phenomenal. Um, so... It seemed like, at least defensively, and you brought in Jack Del Rio, great defensive mind head coach, did many years in Denver, uh, was a head coach for the Raiders, um, had a good run with them with Derek Carr when they went 12-4 and just a couple seasons ago. So you finally seem to have coaches that know what they're talking about. And that's something that the Washington football team, the Washington Redskins, the franchise, is, that's something that we haven't really seen recently, at least in this era, at least in my lifetime. So from the very beginning, now you're excited to see Chase Young and, and the season from the beginning, especially with the comeback win against the Eagles in week one. Washington down 17-0 early in the second quarter. Dwayne Askins put together a good drive before halftime to Logan Thomas was a touchdown off an interception. Okay. And Washington ended up putting up 27 unanswered points and winning the game. And I think that put a lot of spotlight and notice on Washington for what Ron Rivera was able to do while he's also dealing with cancer and doing chemo. And that was when we first heard that in between halftime breaks, he's getting an IV in. So he's just dealing with a lot. He's able to find a way for Washington to come back. That game, Washington had eight sacks, which now at the end of the year, that was a season high in a game. Fantastic uh, defensive effort that game. Really made Carson Wentz, you know, uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, but overall, I mean, that was just something that was a big first, I think that was the first large comeback win by 
three scores or something since uh, Tampa in 2015 with Kirk Cousins. Um, that was a great game. That was then the you like that started um, that whole trend that we had for a little bit with Kirk. Um, but I think a lot of people were expecting Philly to win that game. They're coming off you know two years before, three years before winning the Super Bowl, and uh, they were already an NFC's favorite. So at least from the beginning, I was like, okay, here we go. Like if this team can put it together for a full 60 minutes, you know, we just came back in the second half. If we can play a full 60 minutes, I was expecting us to go this year somewhere between seven and nine to nine and seven. And there's been a couple games this year that have been fumbled that probably could, you know, you could argue that nine and seven could be realistic. Uh, we'll get to that, you know, throughout these podcasts and discussions and all that. But it was a good 1-0 start, and I'm not going to go this slow about each game. That was just something I wanted to point out. Then Washington goes on a five-game losing streak, which in that span, I'll point out, against the Baltimore Ravens, Dwayne Haskins statistically may have been one of his better games while he was a starter in Washington. But there was a lot of, uh, af- after that, there was a lot of talk that, you know, he was solely just kind of talking about his individual performance and being happy about just his stats and that he did this and he did that. That kind of started the, the problem with Dwayne Haskins off the field um, before it became to be more noticeable and, and correlate with what he did on the field. So Dwayne gets benched um, in that game against Baltimore that we actually saw RG3 come and play. That was pretty funny. Um, he took a big hit in his own end zone and the ball actually got picked off by Kendall Fuller uh, on the play. That was pretty funny to watch that happen. Um, but at that point, you know, Washington is not looking like they did in week one. They just couldn't really put anything together. Um, And it was just tough to see, you know, that Washington um, looked like they were showing so much promise in that stretch. You know, they went to to Cleveland and got rocked there. Dwayne had a really bad game. They come back and have a tough schedule with the Ravens and, and that goes rough. You go look at week two and they took on Arizona and that was rough. Kyler Murray was running all over the place. Washington really, has struggled against running quarterbacks um, this season. Um, so then they took on the Rams, where now at this point, Kyle Allen is the new starter. He's, he's starting that, that game. Um, that Rams game was his first start of the season uh, for, for Washington. And in that game, we're seeing a little bit of promise from Kyle Allen. He had an early touchdown on the first drive, responding uh, from the Rams score of their first drive. And then we see Kyle Allen get hurt. And I believe it was that he had concussion symptoms. He took a big hit and he had to go in the concussion protocol, which meant because Dwayne Haskins was third stringer, I think he wasn't even dressed that game. The only other option was Alex Smith. And you can just see Liz Smith's reaction in the crowd. There weren't many people at FedEx that day. you know, her husband was going to come in. And that's just a stressful situation for them, obviously, with everything that they've gone through. Um, but Alex came in and, and looked shaky, you know, no doubt. Um, he hadn't played meaningful football in two years, right, because of all the recovery process and missing pretty much two full seasons. Um, so once he took the first hit, it was by Aaron Donald. Donald sacked him. Um, he said in an interview after, like, I just needed the first hit, and then I knew that I was going to be back and, and able to get rolling. Washington would lose that game 30 to 10. And at this point, Washington is now one and four. They've lost three consecutive. They've really looked shaky. Uh, excuse me, they lost four consecutive. Um, 
And you're starting to wonder, okay, the NFC looks pretty bad too. We're still in this thing, but at what point? What, what's it worth to go, you know, whatever, have a losing record and still make the playoffs, which ironically did end up happening for us. Um, but then, you, you know, you go, you, your schedule gets a little bit easier. Now you have a big set of NFC East games coming up, and in general, just NFC games that could really flip the schedule because in Washington's defense, Arizona from the beginning in week two, we thought they were going to be a playoff team. They're not this year. It beat us 30 to 15. Um, I just love watching Kyler Murray this year. You add DeAndre Hopkins. They have a you know a, a good enough defense to help out their offense because their offense is just phenomenal. Um, the Browns have all the stars in the world, um, and you know we didn't know maybe early on that it would all pan out. But they went 11 to five this year, so um, that loss you know is respectable. And then the Ravens, they've got hot at the end of the year anyway. So you have this three game skid, and then you have the Rams in there making four. Those are all, you know, good teams, at least at the time, except for Arizona. Those four, three of the four teams ended up making the playoffs in that stretch. So Ron Rivera comes out and says in an interview that, you know, we have some divisional games coming up. And if we can come out on top of them, then we're going to be looking pretty good in the division, be able to kind of separate ourselves. Our record right now might not look great, but what's it going to look like after these division games? So I'm thinking, okay, we're one in four, but at least it looks like we're trying to win these games and that we might look a little bit better when we come out of them. So we go to MetLife. We go to East Rutherford, New Jersey in week six of the NFL season. And Washington with Kyle Allen now, Kyle Allen, goes to New York. And it was a defensive battle. The Giants had a great defense this year. We have a great defense. Both offenses are really sluggish. Not much going on. And Washington was down 20 to 13 with one last drive. And, you know, all you can ask of Kyle Allen of all guys, right? The backup quarterback who's in because Dwayne was, you know, really rough and got benched. He just needs to go down the field and try and tie this game up. And that's exactly what happened. Kyle Allen did that with just seconds left to go in the game. So I'm thinking because Ron coming into this game is making it seem that we're going to try and win these games and they're meaningful, you're going to send Dustin Hopkins out for the extra point and you're going to send this thing to overtime. And one decision that Ron's made that a lot of people like, I don't like this decision. He decides to go for two. To win the game from two yards out and try and just end it there and take a 21 to 20 lead. Now I see the argument. You try and win it there versus the luck of a coin going into overtime. And then hoping that you get a defensive stop and the ball back from this close, this might be your best time to score. And I see that side of it. But at the same time, if you miss it, you have no timeouts left. The Giants are going to knee it out and it's over. Give yourself a chance. Trust your defense enough that's had a great game if you don't get the ball to start overtime. And trust your offense enough where you don't make it come down to one last play. Because two-point conversions are not the easiest thing in the world to convert on, even though they're only two yards out. So Kyle Allen rolls out. He has a lane to run. He's looking to throw the ball and does not, and he gets sacked. For no reason at all should that have happened. It shouldn't have even have gotten to that point. Why are we making it seem like we're preparing for these playoff-type games, for these divisional games to come out on top, and then we go for it? I don't think there's any room for that. I'm not a fan of that call. And just like that, Washington drops yet another game, make it five in a row. So... That can't happen, I don't think, early on in the season when you're down, you know, you're one in four. You can't afford just because to try and go for there. You need to win a game. You need to give yourself a chance in overtime. That made us one in five. 
You look at the Dallas game the following week, another divisional game. We're one in five now. What's the point? Let's just tank. You know, that's what at least that's what I was thinking. Washington's defense goes out and dominates, and we win twenty-five to three. Dallas struggled. They, they had Andy Dalton because Dak Prescott was out. So it's a step in the right direction. Now you bring in Alex Smith for the following game. He comes in because of injury, which from this point we had a good feeling because Kyle Allen got hurt in this Giants game at home at FedEx. It was going to be Alex till the end. You know, I don't. We didn't know at the time that Dwayne was going to be coming back. He did because Alex Smith's calf strain and all that. But this was Alex Smith. He came into the game late because of the injury. And we lose the game to these same Giants that I think we should have beaten that first game in New York. We lose 23-20. to Why? Because Washington turned the ball over five times. Left our defense stranded on many short field opportunities and still only gave up 23 points. The turnovers cannot happen with the way Washington's offense runs and how the team plays with their offense. The offense is slow football, run football, check it down, kill the clock, get your defense refreshed and do it again. When you turn the ball over five times and leave them out there stranded, the defense trying to just hold the, def- or the offense to three points, especially the Daniel Jones-led offense and the weak six and 10 Giants that they are now, that can't happen where you turn the ball over five times. I don't care who it is. It could be Kansas City. It could be Buffalo. It could be the, it could be the Jaguars at one and 15. But you can't turn the ball over against anybody in this league five times and expect to win a football game. That's just not going to happen. So that loss was pretty devastating. Should not have happened again. To the same Giants, I still stand by that sweep should not have happened. I'm not saying we should have swept the division. But we definitely should have split, absolutely, in either of those games. And in my opinion, I think you can you know, you could argue both. But I think that most recent game at home should have been the one that was won because you cannot turn the ball over five times. It should have happened. So then we go to Detroit, and this is a much tougher game. You know, even though the Lions were right around 500 at the time, they're still a tough team. I like Matt Stafford. We'll get to that in a later podcast of what I think is going to happen this offseason. Um, you know, they're a good young team. They're in a tough division. You know, they, they always finish around 500 in a division that features the Vikings, who are usually a top offense in the league to compete with and usually a good defense. We didn't really see it from them this year. They have the Packers, who are the best team in the NFC. We have the Bears who snuck in for a playoff spot. So Detroit is having to battle with these teams, you know, six times a year and play them and still finish around 500. I give them credit. And it was a close game. That's a game that we saw. The, um, not blaming Chase Young for this, but we saw the, the issue with him where there was a um, rough in the passer call that put the Lions in field goal range. And Matt Prater kicked a 59-yard field goal to win the game. And coming off, you know, the Dallas game, and then you lose, and then another loss like this. Like, why does this keep happening? We're now 2-7. and seven. You know, I know our division's bad, but geez, two and seven, like, you know, we're gonna have to run the table to finish just above 500, like that's insane. So now you go and you play Cincinnati at home um, and you take on the young Joe Burrow, who again, they're under 500. They were still looking better than Washington was despite how young they are. And this first year of maybe the rebuild, I guess, with the new era of Joe Burrow and and pieces coming into Cincinnati. And Washington goes and dominates again defensively. And again, they win the game only scoring 20 points. They win 20 to 9. Joe Burrow tears his ACL in the game, and you know he's out for the rest of the year. That was a pretty tough scene to watch. We know what that's like with quarterbacks suffering 
significant injuries. And you hate to see that such a young rookie who is playing top tier football. I still think Joe or uh, uh, Justin Herbert is the best rookie quarterback this year. Um, but keep in mind the low scores given up by Washington and the low amount of offense and points that they put up, but it's still good enough to win a football game. So this starts the stretch. This starts where we get rolling. You go to Dallas Thanksgiving. We saw what we did to them at home. And for the majority of the first two and a half quarters of the game, it was a tight game. It was, a, it was going into halftime with, I think, Washington up a touchdown. And that was a game where Antonio Gibson had three rushing touchdowns. Just We knew he was good. He was doing great all season long. But he really, really showed out and was a huge reason, I think, why we were able to have such success on the ground this year. Obviously, he ran for almost 800 yards, something that we haven't really seen from a Redskins running back since when? Alfred Morris in 2012. So this was a huge step in the right direction for a rookie, a diamond in the rough that we got from Memphis. So it was a big game. Alex Smith on national television. We kinda, I know it's the Cowboys who were down and, 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 and their record is not very good and neither is ours, so what does that really show? It's a garbage NFC East. But on national television on Thanksgiving, we kind of showed that we have pieces to be successful, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So now you look at Pittsburgh, who at this time is 11-0. Washington is coming off their, you know, a two-game win streak. They haven't had anything like that all year. Two-game two win streak is the best win streak, the highest win streak Washington's had all season. And I knew from the very beginning, I tweeted it out, that Washington was going to stun the world and win that football game. And the Steelers, and this is why, and it's because of COVID, I'm not saying the Steelers would have won this game if there was no COVID, but this played into Washington's advantage, where the Steelers played three football games in 12 days. They had a couple guys, including James Conner, who was out with COVID. They were on short rest. They had to move the game a couple times. It was supposed to be a normal Sunday game. It got moved to Monday night football primetime. Now we're looking at back-to-back primetime games. Normally Washington sucks on national TV. And it was a close game. You know, early on, Washington's defense was the only thing giving them a heartbeat and a pulse going into halftime. Um, when it was 14-0, and then we had that late drive that resulted in a, in a field goal drive by Dustin Hopkins that was good. So there was something at halftime right now, 14 to three. Hey, this is, a, you know, at the time, best, I don't know if they're the best team in football, but undefeated Steelers that no one's been able to touch, okay? And now you have a chance. You're only down by two possessions. Washington runs the football. They kill the clock. And evidently, we, they win this football game. And you know, I, the great catch by Cam Sims with one hand that got Dustin Hopkins in field goal range. And then we, we saw it in the Dallas game, but then we saw it again in the Steelers game. Montez Sweat doing the same, becoming the swap man. You know, getting to the quarterback, putting the ball up and swatting it, and then it, either he picks it off, which he did in Dallas, or someone else does. And in this case, uh, John Bostic, middle linebacker, came under it and secured the win, kicked the field goal to clinch it. Steelers had no timeouts. And the first loss of the season for Pittsburgh came by the Washington football team. So again... That kind of put us more out there. Like, are, have you bought in yet? Do you, do you see what Washington is about? And for a while, I felt like I was always kind of thinking this, and I think a lot of faithful fans were thinking this, but now we're actually sort of seeing it. So then they went to San Francisco, which again, Washington was 
the underdog. They were not favored, even though San Francisco's been banged up all year with multiple quarterbacks, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, and, and they've had injuries all over the place with George Kittle. But the San Francisco 49er run offense is fantastic. Jeff Wilson's having a fantastic year. And um, they've done a really good job with Mostert as well. So it was going to be tough. This was not a walk in the park, even though the Niners have an, an under 500 record. And again, defensively, we showed out. Chase Young had the scoop score, touchdown, defensive score. Um, that was something we gave uh, Sean Taylor flashbacks for a lot of the older fans that remember watching uh, Sean. I, I was a lot younger when Sean was um, playing. Um, so I can't really say that from experience of actually watching him. But, um, you know, that was a big moment for the team. And Chase started to become this leader that he has all year, but really got put into perspective. But what also happened, which turned this season, even though we're after this game, it'll be three games left. Um, Alex Smith leaves the game with a calf issue. It's on the same leg as his injury, is his uh, surgically repaired leg. And Washington now has to turn to Dwayne Haskins. And at this point, everyone was, you know, kind of flipping out, whatever. I actually liked the decision to see what Dwayne could show. Because we were all in on this, you know, Dwayne is, he's done, he's trash, he's whatever, and we're gonna, uh, we're gonna release him and we're gonna get a new quarterback. And I was defending Dwayne Haskins for a very long time. I'll be the first to admit it, okay? Dwayne, with a Jay Gruden-led offense last year, was thrown into a rough situation. He had no first-team reps the entire offseason, okay? He got thrown in against the Giants in week four. It looked like garbage because he, he didn't work with any of the top players. He didn't work with the first team, and... He looked pretty bad. After that, they got pulled out again and then just got thrown in here and there. And it was not a good rookie year for Haskins statistically, but also I think his confidence had to have been down because it seemed like, okay, you're going to go in now, we're going to take you out. So going into the offseason, Dwayne's the guy, right? He's going to be learning. He's got Ron Rivera. He's got a new offense. COVID happens. They can't even do in-person stuff until a couple weeks before the season even starts. It's all individualized. Um, I actually saw Dwayne a couple times at Gainesville Middle School on the turf practicing, and I, I saw him a couple times uh, putting in the work. He looked like he was taking tremendous strides on his own. But that was an offseason where Dwayne knew that he was going to be the number one guy. And I was excited to see what he could do. And we saw what happened this year. He really just kind of, you know, just did awful. He just was not what we thought he was going to be. But when he got pulled in week four against Baltimore, now he learns behind Kyle Allen and he learns behind Alex Smith. And Alex Smith is a very well-established quarterback in this league. And he is a very good veteran quarterback to learn behind. So instead of wasting another draft pick on a quarterback, hoping it pans out, especially a first-rounder, what if during from week 14 to this game against the 49ers, which is when he came in, what if Dwayne took strides learning behind Smith and actually may have gotten better? Because if you think about it, if Dwayne plays the, the way a style of offense that Alex Smith does, the way Washington's offense now runs, slow football, take what's given, check it down to the running back, be slow. You know, Dwayne gets a lot of comparison as to Ben Roethlisberger, right? Being a bigger guy. Dwayne's mobile-ish when he needs to be, okay? But he's not, I wouldn't describe him as a running quarterback. What if he took tremendous strides and actually might be able to, while Alex Smith is out, lead this team? And he just looked like a mess against the 49ers. And he looked like he didn't even have a time manage. They had to burn a timeout when we were about to take a knee and win the game. The guy didn't even know how to manage the clock at the end when we were winning. 
So you're like, oh my God, Alex Smith needs to recover now. Like, who knows how bad this injury is? They kept saying it has nothing to do with his, his lower leg injury that he had. I still don't buy that. I think that's just a cover-up. I don't think a calf strain is really like as significant as it was for his time being out. But now you've won three games in a row. You're going to host Seattle. And even with Dwayne, I'm thinking, okay, he's getting all the first team reps. I'm still saying positive. I'm still hoping that this guy is going to be able to perform. Hoping that Alex Smith will be able to play this football game. And he doesn't. They go to Dwayne. He turns the ball over. And even with Dwayne Haskins messing up and turning the ball over, Washington loses to a playoff team in Seattle by five points. And I know, I know Seattle's not looked the same since they did when they started off 5-0. and I get that. I know Russell Wilson's looked a little off. Trust me, I had him in fantasy. Okay, I know exactly what that is. But even with those turnovers, you can't tell me that this game would have been the same if Alex Smith had played. I think this game is a lot closer. I think we win the game. I think we should have won the game. We had a chance to win the game with Dwayne Haskins in to play. So imagine if Alex Smith's in from the beginning. Imagine if we're running the ball more. Imagine if we're not. We're now 20-7 to entering the fourth quarter. Or 17. It was something like that. We were down by two scores or whatever. And all the offense came in the fourth quarter. And really what happened was we took two sacks, took Hopkins out of field goal range, and we could have because he missed an extra point on the first touchdown that we scored. Or excuse me, on the second touchdown that we scored. Because we missed the first extra point, we had to go for two to try and make it a three-score game. We missed it. So that's why we're down by five. And that's why instead of getting down in field goal range like we were, we could have kicked the field goal if he made both extra points. Because he missed the first one and because we missed a two-point try, instead of taking a field goal, which would have sent it overtime, we needed to try and win the game, and we couldn't. So that's what happened there. I think that game could have been won, absolutely. And I hope all Washington fans feel the same. So now you welcome the Panthers, who are without Christian McCaffrey. Um, actually, side note, before that Seattle game, Washington needed to win one of the last three games to clinch the NFC East, most definitely, looking at what the Giants had to face, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. The Giants had a very tough schedule to close out, and that was the last team that was with us, you know, up until week 17, literally the end of the game. Carolina's without Christian McCaffrey. I'm thinking this is a walk in the park, even though Dwayne Haskins literally has just done awful since he's come back. It looks like he hasn't grown at all. He's already had a COVID violation, okay? Keep in mind that first one that he had earlier in the year where he was fined a couple thousand for bringing a guest over to the team hotel. Can't do that during COVID, especially when your coach has cancer. That just can't happen. Washington, again, struggles with turnovers, struggles with moving the ball with Dwayne Haskins. The defense in the beginning was just giving up a lot to Teddy Bridgewater and, and the Panthers. And Dwayne gets benched. Finally, I am so done with this guy. And Alex Smith still isn't back, so Dwayne had to play that game. Taylor Heineke comes in, and I know the Panthers were playing back, and they were, they were not, you know, at least on that drive up two scores of like two minutes left. Not trying to defend, you know, they didn't really need to. They'd get the ball out and just run the clock out. But Heineke looked significantly better and looked like he knew the offense more. It looked like a better quarterback than Dwayne Haskins was. Dwayne Haskins was our, our, our first-round draft pick of 2019. Heineke was, um, what was it? He was studying for his finals at ODU, you know, a couple weeks before, before he signed to the practice squad. And he looks like he knows the offense better. He looks like he was the first-rounder compared to Dwayne Haskins. So the argument that Dwayne needs more time and this and that, and, and Dwayne just needs more support and just give him more time, I don't buy it. And it can't be bought now that he's almost two full seasons in the NFL. So Dwayne Haskins gets released. It needed to happen. It was a distraction. Thank God.
because it just needed to happen. I'm sorry, it needed to happen. So now, because of that loss, that game during week 16, we saw Dallas and Philadelphia. And the Giants lost week 16 against the Ravens, so that still kept us, um, still kept us a game ahead of them. And every team up to week 16 in the NFC was still in playoff contention. Um, the Eagles and the Cowboys played. The loser of that would be eliminated. And in that case, it was the Philadelphia Eagles that lost. So the Eagles were done. Week 17 comes around. The Giants play the Cowboys. The winner of that would have to hope for Washington to lose to have a chance to win the NFCs. I thought Dallas, they were on a big win streak. Dalton looked a lot better than he did when we played him on Thanksgiving. The Giants had lost a couple in a row. Daniel Jones just looks awful. It looked like both teams were trying to blow the game. It was very poorly played, but the Giants at home, Week 17, get the win. So that eliminates Dallas. Now it comes down to Washington and Philadelphia. Week 17, they slated it to Sunday Night Football because of the stakes. And what did we see the other night? We saw Alex Smith come back. We saw Terry McLaurin come back. He's been battling a high ankle strain. And the first drive, exactly what I've been preaching that Washington does. Run the ball. Kill the clock. Take what's given to you. It was an 8-minute and 13-second drive. That ended with our two injured players, Alex Smith, throwing to Terry McLaurin for Terry's fourth touchdown of the year. Washington off and running. Then Cameron Curl gets an interception, who, by the way, has had a fantastic year being drafted in the seventh round. It's been so good playing safety for us this year. He gets a pick. It leads to a field goal. We're up 10-0, you know, just about halfway through the first quarter. We're controlling Jalen Hurts a little bit. But then we get into the second quarter. Philly had two back-to-back drives where Hurts could not be controlled. He had two rushing touchdowns at halftime. Uh, we got a late touchdown with Logan Thomas. We're up by three. Shouldn't really be that close, in my opinion. Whatever. We always underperform, but whatever. That's just how it works. But they take out Jalen Hurts. And here's my thing, because there's been a lot of talk about this. Washington, in this game, needed a win to get in. And the Eagles are playing for absolutely nothing. So I figured, because they also were missing like half their starters, Miles Sanders is out, Dallas Goddard, they're missing a bunch of guys on the offensive line, that this game was going to be a good, easy win for us, good walk in the park. And it wasn't, of course not. But the Eagles take out Jalen Hurts, and they put in Nate Sudfeld, former Washington football player, former Washington Redskin. He was not on the football team when we changed our name this year. He was a couple seasons ago. But everyone was just very confused. But in the defense of the Eagles, and I'm going to say this because in reality, in the long run, Philadelphia is not playing for this season. They are playing for next season. And what will benefit them into next season is losing this football game. Now, you shouldn't tank in the middle of a game and make it obvious that you're trying to lose. Doug Peterson said after the game, I took him out because we were trying to win. I don't buy that for a second, okay? He said at the beginning of the game with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth in an interview, we're going to get Nate in at some point. I think it's fair that on the Eagles' time in a game, it doesn't matter. They can test out whatever they want. They can bring in whoever they want at quarterback. Because in reality, Carson Wentz is going to be gone this offseason. Jalen Hurts looks to be the number one guy. They've seen him in a couple games now, and he's looked very, very good. But if Wentz is gone and you're going all in on Hurts, your only other quarterback is Nate Sudfeld. What if he's not fit to be a QB2 now? Because for a while, he'd only been a QB3. So it makes sense to want to see him. And if he sucks, which he did not look good at all, they need to go sign a veteran quarterback. Andy Dalton's going to be a free agent. There's going to be other guys out there that they can bring in to back up Jalen Hurts or maybe compete with Jalen Hurts. Okay? So it made sense for Philadelphia to test out different pieces. 
Now, I see the argument that it's in the middle of a game. It was close. They took him out. Why'd they take him out when they could have won the game? If they were truly trying to win the game, they should have just kept Jalen Hurts in. I see that. And it is a little weird. But obviously, the only storyline out of this game that people are caring about is what the Giants players from sitting on the couch are thinking about what they saw. See, Eli Manning tweet, this is why we hate the, Gi- or hate the Eagles. And seeing Saquon tweet, I can't process this. Someone help me. How about we talk about the Washington football team with everything that they've gone through, the crazy amount of wins they went on led by Alex Smith, who was told two years ago that he could have possibly died from his injury to maybe he was going to have to have his leg amputated to then having potentially never being able to walk. The guy came here, looked hobbled, playing on an injured calf on the same injured leg that he had and led this football team to the division championship. Say what you want about Alex Smith. I don't care. But Washington was 2-8 and eight without, or excuse me, yeah, 2-8 and eight without Alex Smith. And as a starter, Alex Smith this year was 5-1. and one. I'm not saying in those games that we were 2-8, and eight, if Alex Smith plays those, we win all of them. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying Washington's a division leader but with a 12-4 and four record if Alex Smith plays. But the bottom line is Alex Smith, who may statistically and overall may not be the best player on the team, and that's the reason that we were not winning well, and that's why we were doing so rough early on. But the style of offense that Alex Smith runs very much completes the defense that Washington has. Slow offense. Move it at our own pace. Give the defense 10 minutes in between drives. Bring them back out fully rested, fully elite, and ready to play. And give them as much rest as possible because of what this offense does. Slow football, check down football. So with that said, when they're doing that and winning three games in a row and then Alex Smith gets hurt, all of a sudden, it looked like we were stepping away from that because we were trailing in the Panthers game. We were trailing in the Seattle game. We had to start throwing the football deep. That's what led to turnovers. That's what led to ultimately two losses. I think Washington, if Alex Smith doesn't get hurt, and I could say this, we could play the what-if game all day long. Washington beats Seattle with Alex Smith, and Washington for sure beats Carolina. And this 7-9 team, really on paper, should be 9-7, could be 10-6. and six. And that's just my opinion. And you can take it with whatever you want. But now, coming into this playoff game, 7-9 Washington. This is going to be a breeze. The, the Bucks are getting a first-round bye. I don't think that's fair to say at all for what this team is with Alex Smith. It, they're, they're two completely different teams. Dwayne Haskins was a majority quarterback. He was the starter for the majority of the season, and he was the guy that made us look worse than I think we get enough credit for and that we are. Because with Alex Smith, we are significantly better. And with Alex Smith, we beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. With Alex Smith, we blew out the Dallas Cowboys and scored 41 points. When was the last time Washington scored 41 points? Tell me that. I don't care if it's the Dallas Cowboys and that they're horrible, whatever. It doesn't matter. So you're going to go play Tampa now, who puts up, you know, 35-plus points a game. Easy. And that it's going to be a blowout, and Washington's offense will not be able to compete with Tampa Bay. And I just don't want to hear that take, and here's why. Because Washington does not need to win 
or compete with Tampa's offense to win this football game. And I'm not sitting here betting all my money that Washington's going to win. I'm not telling you right now that Washington's going to win this game. I'm a fan. I'm a loyal fan who believes in my team. That doesn't mean I'm sitting here telling you they're 100% going to win the game because that's just not realistic. It wasn't realistic at any point this season to say we were 100% realistically going to win. But Tom Brady is not the most mobile guy. With how great this defense was this year, by the way, Washington finished second overall in total defense this year. Last year, they were 27th. Is the addition of Chase Young the sole reason of that? The coaching staff with Jack Del Rio added? That's up for you to decide. But if Tom Brady's getting pressure and having to make decisions quicker, on top of that, might not have Mike Evans. Mike Evans um, has a hyperextended knee injury that he suffered on Sunday. Bruce Arians said that there's no structural damage. The MRI came back today and that he'll be day to day. That's one less option for Tom Brady. If this defense can just contain Tampa Bay and Washington's offense can move down the field as slow as a check down football like to do, this game I know will be a lot closer than people get enough credit or give credit for. And really, I'm not saying Washington's gonna win this game, but it should not, they should not be overlooked as easily as they are right now. But let's be honest, that's happened all season long. So why am I even surprised? This game can be won by the Washington football team. All the players have bought into what Rivera is saying. This defense is young and hungry. I think they can go in and they can beat Tampa. I really do think that. It's going to be up to the defense. And if Alex Smith, if he's able to play, Ron Rivera said today, we have a plan, we have a strategy for if Alex Smith plays to keep him successful and keep him, you know, and be able to work with the calf injury. He said today, Ron said in an interview that they are not saying it's going to happen, but they are considering potentially rotating Heineke in there too. I don't really know how I feel about that, but anything to kind of keep Tampa on their toes, just keep them at the unexpected. But bottom line is if the offensive line, which they kind of struggled a little bit against Philly, making Smith have to make some dumb decisions and get the ball quicker. We know he's not mobile. There were a couple times he tripped over Brandon Sheriff's leg and went down. When he tries to run, it looks like he's got a cane and he's hobbling. If the line can just buy him a little bit more time than the average quarterback because of what he's dealing with, Washington can win this game. Do not be surprised if it happens. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's not totally out of the woods for it to happen. Another headline about that game, we heard Chase Young as he was leaving Philly saying, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, I'm coming. I want Tom. That might just be the heat of the moment, the, uh, the adrenaline pumping and just being excited. Uh, I, I would just be careful of what we're wishing for, right? Uh, Chase has proved that he can kind of back up the talk, but we're talking about a highly pounded offense and, and a great Tampa Bay team that went 11-5 and this year and you know the greatest quarterback of all time on the other side of the ball. So I, I don't know if the the Bucks, are, you know, Bruce Arians said we're gonna, um, you know, be careful what you wish for. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I'm just really excited to see for the future what's in store for this Washington team. We'll talk about the off season. We'll talk about all that when we get there. I have a couple ideas of what I think Washington will do. For now, we'll leave it at this what to expect for Washington to just run the football, run the rock. Antonio Gibson looked pretty good being out a couple games, right? When he came back against Carolina, he looked a little bit better with the turf toe injury. Hopefully Alex can take another big step and to kind of feel more comfortable on the calf. But if the offensive line can give him more time, I trust his defense. I really do. I trust him enough to control and give us a chance to keep us in this game. But I know for a fact, Washington will not need to score 50 points to win this game. 
it would be the defense limiting Tampa Bay to then have the offense have to match whatever that low score is. I'm predicting a 20-something to 20-something game. It's going to be a low-scoring tight game. I really do think that. But we'll find out. That game's on Saturday, East Coast time, 8-15. Mike Tirico will be on the call for that. Um, it's going to be a great game um, on Saturday night. We've got a full slate of playoff games. Uh, I'll definitely be watching all of them. Um, but this was the first podcast of 202 Sports with Matt. Um, I hope, you know, we're running now on, what, about 44 minutes. Pretty long first episode, but there's just a lot to discuss. We went through the season. They probably won't be as long kind of coming into the next episodes. Um, but this is something that I think it would just be an easy way for me to kind of just speak what's on my mind. And I, I can talk this stuff all day, clearly. I've talked 45 minutes about it. Um, just on the schedule breakdown, I took up the majority of it. So um, I hope, you know, you guys enjoyed. And I will see you guys in the next one. I hope everyone enjoyed the holidays. Um, get ready for playoff football, guys. Washington, the Washington football team is in the playoffs for the first time since 2015 and just the third time this decade. Soak it in. I know a lot of people are mad with what happened with the Eagles and the Giants are pissed, but we deserve this one, okay? Be happy about it. Wear it proudly. And let's see what happens on Saturday. All right, we'll talk about it after that. Um, but this has been Matt Venezia with 202 Sports with Matt signing off.